the slim fast 14 day effect on your new year's resolution day one the new year you want to kick it off with a bang and you're not just talking about fireworks day 14 you're ready to start this year right looking great and preferably on top two weeks is all it takes to get what you really want Swap two meals a day for slim, fast protein shakes or bars, get in a 30-minute workout, and stick to a 1,200-calorie diet to lose up to six pounds in your first 14 days. Find Slim Fast in a store near you. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Ravenswood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Ravenswood After Show. A secret can Hi, AfterBuzz fans. Thank you so much for watching us. We're doing another recap of Ravenswood Season 1, Episode 9, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. I'm your host, Emma Kay, and joining me is the wonderful and amazing Sarah Drew. I was going to introduce you as Sarah with the uh, triple triple G's. (laughs) Because I keep saying that on accident. (laughs) Sarah with three G's. Yeah. Not four G's. <laughs> yes. We have a lot to cover today. It's uh, getting really interesting. Yeah. We're getting a lot of information on Ravenswood, and we're getting, well, we think we're getting some answers, but then we get to the end of the episode, and you're like, no, I didn't get the answers that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really, really liking the show. It's getting really, it's getting interesting. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It do- <laughs> okay, I have to admit something. I close my eyes every single time. <laughs> I screamed very loudly today. When I know something bad is about to happen, I really want to see what's going to happen, but I'm scared. I don't want to yeah. have nightmares at night. So I, I didn't want to see the moldy Miranda. That was a little gross. That was me. fine for me. I just didn't want to see the... You know how we've never really seen the... The black coat. I'm going to call oh, it the yeah, black, black coat. Black coat. <laughs> We've never really seen his face, so I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I thought he, he was going to be scarier, but he kind of looked like a normal person. So I closed my eyes. I'm like, okay, is it over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! <laughs> you can kind of tell based on the suspense music yeah. what's going to happen next. But I want to talk about... Uh, I want to break it down today by by couple and by individual because it's got to the point where there's so much going on with each and every person, you know, person that we can't combine everyone together anymore. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is good and it could play, you know, in favor of the whole pact or it could go against them is Miranda having her jar now with with her hair yeah and this episode opens up with Caleb and Miranda talking about the jar and you could tell that Caleb really cares about her and it's more than a friendship definitely I think they've gotten to the point where 
it's just they're built they're you know as they said they're playing house yeah that's what she said and it's kind of sad in a way because she's dead and what are they gonna do when they can't see each other anymore exactly um so caleb feels very strongly about the jar and he's scared of what happened to miranda previously when the jar was broken and she was able to get outside of the the gates and she was kidnapped i want to (laughs) say yeah possessed by this little girl so miranda feels like she's she knows how to protect herself now and she's not going to give in to uh so-called yeah evil spirits she's a little more prepared she knows what to expect so i think she might be better off this time (laughs) but i really want to ask our viewers do you guys think miranda is prepared to face the world i mean being outside of the gates once was that enough for her to really know what to expect (laughs) was it really a good enough boot camp for her ghost boot camp (laughs) but you know we see her helping out later on in the Mm -hmm. episode um and she, it seems like it was, it was a good idea to, to ha- to break the jar and to, well, actually I, I'm going to give credit to, to Caleb because yeah. he was really smart. He didn't actually break the jar. He just, just opened the lid. Yeah. So whenever he feels like Miranda is not safe, he just, he'll close the lid and I don't know, I'm guessing she, she like teleports back somehow. I'm, I'm guessing, I you hope. know, her, yeah. She she appears back in uh, at the Collins family, but does that work if the jar is outside of the gate? Yes, yeah, I don't know about that. Because the way to keep them inside the gate, okay, first of all, the, le- the lid needs to be closed, but... I think it has to be on the grounds. At the same time, it's at the house. So first, you know, they're taking the jar outside of the gates, and they're opening it. yeah. So I wonder if they just unscrewed it and left it on the countertop at his little caretaker house. If she could leave, and then everything would be fine. So I don't know how that works. Oh, we we want yeah. answers from you guys because I'm I'm kind of confused as how the the whole jar situation works. But Caleb has a great idea to go and try to scare Collins. <laughs> Takes the jar to Collins and shows him that he has it. I think Collins, as much as he wanted to react, he really kept his cool. Yeah. Up until the point where Miranda broke the vase, the jar, or whatever that was yeah. on on the shelf. And, and when he, Caleb was going to unscrew the jar, that's he, when he puffed up. And he mentions to Caleb that it's really hard to get him to blink. Yeah. And as soon as the <laughs> jar broke, he, he blinked. blinked. Caleb was like, well, you blinked. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. But do you think it's it's a wise move to go to Collins and to show him what they have? You know, the more I keep watching, the more that I think Collins is not bad and he's just awkward and weird. And he's not telling them the things he knows for some reason because he, I don't know if he's trying to protect them because he knows how dangerous it is and he doesn't want them to go any further or if he's trying to protect himself or... There's some reason that he's not telling them, but I don't think he's bad, and I don't think that he's trying to hurt Miranda or anything. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I think we'll have to see more of the episodes to really know and figure out what's going on. And one thing that also was confusing for me was Miranda 
in the coffee shop and how she turned into water. Yeah. Well, she seemed like, well, she remembered the car and how it was drowning. And all of a sudden, she just saw herself in the mirror soaked in water. But she looked evil. She looked like a zombie. I don't know if it was more of an evil thing. I think it was more that she was kind of, like, shriveled up and moldy as, like, somebody who had died in the water. And to me, it was an obvious clue when the red coat appeared in the coffee shop right when Miranda had this transformation in the mirror. Yeah. was the sign of evil that yeah, this girl is that's exactly doing. what I thought. But I, I still don't understand how they're not able to see her. If Dylan is able to see her, how are they not able to see her? Which, and Miranda has seen her before. Yeah. That makes me think that Dylan has some kind of possession or link to this evil pact somehow that makes it so he can see. Or otherwise, why would he be able to? Okay. Well, let's let's move on to Remy. Remy plays a very big role in tonight's episode because she's she's been the one that has been getting a lot of the answers for uh for the pact and it's been haunting her at night because she can't sleep and she sees dreams yeah. that are not safe for her. I'm sometimes I'm scared if she's even going to wake up from her dreams because how tormenting it is. It's yeah. Just, and she's so connected to what's going on in the dream, so So based on last week's episode when she tried killing her dad with the knife, well, first of all, she tried killing Luke. Yeah. And her dad That was scary. <laughs> her dad came to the rescue and she cut her dad's arm Mm -hmm. with a knife so they decide and um agree that they're gonna go to the hospital and they go to the sleeping disorder section of the hospital (laughs) for them to do some tests and it's only a 24-hour stay so they put wires on her and she has to sleep so they can monitor her brain activity and find out what's going on um you know is it just dreams she's having or what kind what state is it at yeah they want to make sure that she's okay when this is all happening and it doesn't seem like she's okay (laughs) so they they put her in this room and they put the wires on her for her to sleep so they could monitor her sleeping condition and what's going on and the doctor seems very confident that you know it's just a nightmare but one thing that is interesting that she brings up is her old therapist and how she had asked for the files and they had sent it to her. Yeah. So one thing that was in the file um, was a picture that Remy had uh, drawn when she was seven years old. And it was a it was I'm guessing the picture of the, the little girl was her. Yeah. With the black coat. In an, with a knife in the hand, trying to stab the little girl, which was Remy. Yeah. And they also put take out the other picture, which she had drawn three days ago. Yeah. And it was the same knife. And I must say, her drawing skills have advanced. Well, did you see how many... <laughs> how many drawings she drawings did? she did? She had a lot of practice. Whoa, she my voice cracked. She doesn't sleep. She draws. <laughs> I wish I had her talents, just not the sleeping part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see anything in my dreams. But she's able to connect the uh, the knife from the time she was seven years old to now that yeah. it's the same knife. 
and she was telling Luke about it and telling Luke that she's able to connect the dots and even though it's really weird for her to say that you know the person that came to her dream she feels like it's real yeah even though it was a dream she feels like the person was actually there yeah and then the doctor even said that your body is awake but you aren't and that's why everything feels so real that that could be true yeah. for some people, but <laughs> I think we all have to agree that Remy has some some very, weird things. Very, yeah, I, I'm gonna call it talents. She yeah. has talents, special that powers other people don't have, and it could be good and it could be bad. But in this case, I'm going to hope and pray that it helps her out and it helps yeah. everyone else, so we don't see any more people dying. And you know. When she goes back to sleep again, she goes back for the first time and she sees herself sleeping when she was little. I'm guessing that's when she was about seven years old. Mm -hmm. And she witnesses the same black coat that she had drawn a picture of trying to kill her when she was small. Yeah. So she stops the black coat and then the black coat ends up grabbing her from the back and... It seemed like he was trying to kill her, I'm guessing, or suffocate yeah, her, or do something, something not nice, harmful to her. And what amazes me is that no one is, except from Luke, no one is trying to wake her up when they see her in distress and she's laying there. Yeah. I know they're doing experiments and tests on her, but... But there's a line. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it could harm your brain your brain cells something i don't know if you let yeah. it go on for for too long so you know the doctor of course gets mad at luke because he's trying to interrupt her yeah. study she called security she made a big deal about it so she wakes up and tells luke the story of what happened but the second time when she goes back to sleep and i asked this question i said okay there's a chair right next to her bed yeah <laughs> why are they letting anyone just sit next to her yeah I don't understand. Weird rules in that hospital. <laughs> oh, so, um, but one thing I do have to mention before she goes to sleep, her dad admits to, to Remy that yeah. he was wrong about Luke. That was really sweet. And I really like that because it just, you know, when people are able to express when they were wrong, yeah, it just, it creates a completely different image of them because now you know... If people are able to admit their faults, then they're not doing yeah. I was evil thinking and, or capable oh, of yeah. doing evil. So I'm ruling him out of <laughs> yeah my book. Unless it's all a cover up, <laughs> which I hope not. But you never know. No. So the second time she goes to sleep, weird. She goes to sleep as herself. Back in, back to when she was seven years old the setting was yeah in that time frame but she goes back as herself in current time yeah and she wakes up and sees her room and starts walking around and calls out whoever's hiding in the closet her boogeyman to come out and the clown appears in front of her and she's and like i'm not afraid of clowns you have to you have to tell me what happened because that's when i close my eyes <laughs> are you afraid of clowns no oh <laughs> but i just didn't want to know what to expect <laughs> i don't like clowns but 
She was just getting really close to the clown, talking to the clown, saying, I'm not afraid of clowns. And I think she thought the clown was going to do something. The clown never did anything. Okay. And then how did that scene go from, you know, from, from that to her having tea with the deal maker? Then the deal maker came in as a shadow or something. Correct me if I'm wrong, everyone. But um, he came in and then they started talking and then started pouring her tea and everything. That was a little weird. It seemed like he was pouring her medicine, like some sort yeah. of medicine, uh, but poison type of thing. Yeah, I wonder if that was a reflection of the the injection that they were about to do to her. It was something to wake her up, but they couldn't wake her up. I don't know if that was simultaneous now that I'm... And he brings up a couple of points which were really interesting. He said, you know, he's basically doesn't leave anything unsolved and he takes care of whatever deal has been made. Yeah. So if Remy has been involved since she, since she was seven years old, who made a deal that now he's came back to collect debts? Because he said he saved his mom from... He saved her, her, mom. her mom, Remy's mom, from Becoming turning into a pile ashes. of ash. Um, and I'm guessing this is when she was away. Yeah. At war, because he said war. the dog tags and everything. But she doesn't mention anything about her dad, correct? No. He just said now he's back to collect debts. Yeah, so I think, I don't know if it has to do with the original pact being signed, and that's the deal, because that's the reason they're chosen, but they're, I, she was trying to ask him why them why them mm-hmm. and she says is this random and he said no it's not it's random not. so we know it's connected to remy's mom and whatever generational curse and pact has been made on yeah the mom's side of the family which makes sense why her dad would be so interested in um you know knowing everything that goes on in the town yeah and working for uh the newspaper archive because maybe he's been trying to help uh, his wife yeah find out what's going on which makes me think that i don't i don't think that remy's dad is evil at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. but i do think he knows something and that's why he has always been so interested but i don't think he's evil to go back on what we were talking about a and second ago this goes back to our first episode when we saw caleb walk into uh the news what is that called the the are you talking about the archive records where oh yeah the archives yeah uh dad works and as soon as he heard caleb rivers he popped up out of his chair so that name was very familiar to him and we didn't know at that time why that name was familiar to him but i'm going to predict and speculate that it has to do with his wife and him wanting answers so, however, his wife is tied in and connected. We also know that his wife, Remy's mom, has had, has been having dreams as well. Yeah. And she tried giving her some pointers last episode and how she can sleep and what has helped her. Exactly. So, she was going through therapy, counseling, whatever it was, and we don't know what for. I, it could have been post, uh, you know for the war that you know she was serving yeah but i think it was more than that more than seeing people you know around her be killed as she said yeah yeah i 
definitely agree with that one. <laughs> but you know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering if all of these dreams, if Remy gets hungry when she's sleeping. That's a good question. Yeah. And, you know, if I was eating when I was sleeping and during the day, I'd want something to remedy that. So, with Slim Fast, two weeks is all it takes to get what you really want. In just 14 days, the only thing higher than your confidence will be your hemline. This podcast was brought to you by Slim Fast, which, as I always say, tastes, tastes like the best chocolate milk in the world. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta ask them if they really use it. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, <laughs> back to the episode. Um, Remy gets some information, but it's not enough for her to figure out. One thing that she is looking for is the killer of who killed Luke's dad. Yeah. And the knife, however that knife travels, it's everywhere. Yeah. So we've seen Collins, and with it, we've seen the dealmaker have the uh, the knife and... The knife is what's used to make a deal. Yeah. We conclude that tonight. So the dealmaker knows who killed Luke's dad, but won't, doesn't tell Remy who it is. And Miranda comes in time to, well, Miranda, we should say, escapes <laughs> the, the gates of Mr. Collins yes. and shows up to the hospital with... Caleb and um, Olivia because he sees was it Remy's face she saw yeah in the teapot in the teapot yeah and okay. she said we need to go help her find her so seeing Remy's face however that triggered Miranda to know that Remy is in distress and she needs to to help Remy they show up to the hospital and she walks into the doctors and um trying to wake her up and they're not able to wake her up and sees the the necklace mm -hmm. the necklace that's in her hand when miranda touches the necklace she travels back in time crazy <laughs> exactly how does she do that if she's already dead yeah well it was more like she traveled maybe not necessarily back in time but into remy's dream yeah so that's the magical power that i've been seeing on twitter that's her new magical power is that spoiler I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler because we've already seen it, uh -huh. but I would say that's what more to expect. So can yeah. we can we predict that Miranda will be traveling back in time instead of Remy or going with her now? I think I think she can go with her to help her. Okay, which well, is definitely at least, good. <laughs> at least that's something because she definitely needs help. Yeah, um, I think Remy is in a way, even though she's capable of thinking clearly she, i feel like she's possessed physically yeah because she can't she's really not able to do anything yeah and she's not she's not a ghost so i don't know i don't know what the difference is between like your your spirit traveling uh -huh. and being an actual ghost but i feel like miranda's definitely more able-bodied and coherent when she's the dealmaker mentions um, in this episode to, to Remy that she's seen too much, and that's why yeah. she's a part of this whole thing. But my question to you and also to our viewers is, did she see that now, or is that when she was seven? Because, obviously, he's been after her since she was seven years old. And at yeah. that time, she didn't even know any of the friends that she had. 
Exactly. Well, I think that's something that's kind of confusing about it right now. We don't really know. And he's saying, you know, who helped you? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions that are out there but haven't been answered. Well, she had never seen, you know, all the things that she's been dreaming about more recently, seeing the pact being signed and everything. She hadn't seen that until more recently. So I don't... That's why I'm confused. I don't know if he's talking about that mm-hmm. or all of her dreams in general. Maybe she just knows too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she has been seeing a lot. She just she was too small to put everything together. Yeah. So now that she is searching for answers and she is looking for specific answers, she knows what she's looking for. Yeah. But before, I'm sure things were just coming to her and she didn't even know what they were. Exactly. <laughs> So Miranda comes, hits the deal maker over the head with, with a, a lamp, lamp <laughs> and grabs Remy to escape through, uh, you know, they go into a closet, uh, which seems like it's a secret <laughs> passageway. Uh, and a never ending depth to, of clothes. <laughs> exactly. To, to escape. And they start taking the, the road down. And um, of course, the deal maker is running after them or walking after them. Worst nightmare. <laughs> and uh, not knowing if they were jumping off the correct hill, I'm, yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like it, it was just like endless fall down yeah. when they fell. Miranda pushes uh, Remy, but in, not in time for her to fall, and the deal maker grabs her. So she's able to pull herself and the deal maker down this hole yeah th- down this fall and um they all wake up so she, miranda's hoping that she's able to she was able to pull the deal maker out of remy's dream yeah i was hoping that do you think it they would leave him there but i guess that's miranda's not miranda's <laughs> remy's dream uh-huh. room so i guess it's good that she pulled him but i don't think he's gone definitely not I don't think he's gone. I'm thinking you I'm, know, if she pulled him out, is he going to show up in their real life? That's what I was thinking, which is really not good. Not good at all. So, you know, I think that's going to trigger Mr. Collins maybe to start and, asking them for to Yeah. Help. Well, I was just thinking maybe that's the reason why Collins is keeping everybody inside because he knows that it's possible to pull evil into mm-hmm. the real world. That's a good Which point. is why my mom always told me never to play with a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, Olivia and Tess. Yeah. I have no idea why Olivia is seeking, you know, help from Tess or yeah. why even involve her, but, you know, I guess it's high school and <laughs> you want to hope Forgive that and forget. <laughs> forgive and forget and you want to hope your friends are all they have all the right intentions. Yeah. But, you know, she shares a lot of information with her that I don't think she needs to know. Yeah. And I'm kind of feeling and I'm, you know, going to bite my, t- my tongue and hope that I'm I'm not wrong later on. But I feel like Tess and Dylan, whoever they're working for, that person, their boss, is against Collins. Mmm. So giving Tess too much information can can hurt Olivia and the pact and yeah. as well as Collins trying to which we're gonna speculate and say he's helping or 
protecting these uh, these spirits. Yeah. But they show up at the hospital for Springer to try to find information and what he meant by the night before, right before he was hit by the car that Tess was driving. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Do you guys think it was odd that she just appeared out of nowhere and was right there waiting for for Springer to to hit him? As soon as he yeah, I thought that was a little fishy. <laughs> um, I mean, it almost seemed like she was waiting there and then accelerated when he ran out in the street. Yeah. So, but they're stopped by Springer's mom when they try to enter his room, and yeah. she's furious to see both of them there. But she's more furious to see. I thought she would be upset about Tess, Tess because yeah. she's the one that hit her son. And, no, she's upset at Olivia. Yeah, which really disturbed me. I was like, seriously? everybody They're here to visit. They're not, well, visit. Yeah. (laughs) And she was so, like, like guard doggy, just getting really aggressive. But we find out why. Yeah. And it's kind of understandable, but not really because they're kids and they have nothing to do with what their parents have done. You know, everyone could speak for themselves. And uh, Springer's mom warns Remy's dad, Simon, to stay away from Olivia and Luke and their family because they're trouble. So Olivia finds out from Simon, Remy's dad, that before her dad was the mayor um, that of Ravenswood, mm-hmm. that he was the city attorney who put Springer's dad in jail. Yeah. And Springer grew up not knowing his dad and not knowing that he had a dad. So his mom has had to raise Springer all by herself. So she Which, has this frustration and anger towards yeah. the whole family. I think it's kind of weird that he didn't know he had a dad at all because his mom could have said, oh, you have a dad. He's just not here. He was completely left in the dark, which kind of seems like his mom's fault to a degree. And I think the writers are introducing this at a great point for viewers to start thinking, well, did Springer have anything to do with the, you know, the dad's death? Yeah. Was he the one that killed her to try to get revenge? Mm-hmm. Because Olivia is thinking the same thing, um, that maybe Springer was getting revenge at at her yeah. for her dad. So Olivia is able to finally go into the room and gets his cell phone from, from the Ziploc bag that they have all his clothes in. And listens to a voice mess, uh, voice recording that's on there. Springer is talking to someone. It's a male, saying that he did as he wanted, and he put the the knife uh, in their yard. Mm-hmm. So she knows Springer is the one who planted the knife. Who is you know whoever he's talking to? We don't know yet. And I think it's Dylan. He also gets an interesting <laughs> visit from uh, Mr. Collins. Who visits him in the in the emergency room, and right after Collins leaves his uh, his room, they code call- blue, code blue. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good impression? <laughs> I really hope Collins didn't do anything. I don't but- think he did. I think that's another little trick to make us think Collins is bad, but I think he's good. But you know, I'm hoping he didn't do anything. But 
uh, Springer is, survives. He's still alive. Yeah. So when Olivia goes back to visit him for the third time to return his phone. <laughs> he wakes up out of nowhere. <laughs> and he has some confessions to, to tell Olivia. And he admits that Dylan was the one that set him up and to, you know, told him to, to plant the knife. Yeah. At this point, I think Olivia is just thinking, like, what is going on? Yeah, she kind of seemed like she didn't believe him because, you know, all high school girls love their boyfriends. Maybe not all, but they think they're the be-all and the end-all. And I'm sure she was going, oh, you're just jealous or she's trying to come up with reasons for why he would lie to her. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's fully committed to that. I don't think Springer's going to be around much longer, but... I think that bit of information is going to be very resourceful for her. Yes. Now she's going to try to dig for information and find out what happened. Yeah. Um, and let's go back to Miranda and Caleb real quickly. They, when they're at the, the house, they see a writing on the wall. Yeah. And it says unseen forces. So, Miranda thinks that it might be, was it Catherine? Um, no, it was Beatrice. Beatrice. Where am I getting Catherine from? <laughs> Same era. <laughs> <laughs> so, she thinks it might be Beatrice, but I personally think it's not Beatrice. Um, I think it, it might be someone else. Yeah, hopefully it's not black. <laughs> so, they, they start searching Unseen Forces and find out that it's a book. Um and they go to the library to find the book, and they're directed to, uh, what's what's his name? Mr. Um, Price. Mr. Price's office. The yes. librarian says that Mr. Price might have the book. Hmm. Fishy, kind of? Yeah. He seemed, he seemed nice at first, but then at the very end, he said, like, welcome to whatever the high school's name is called. And, and it was the author's name, right? I think so. And it was kind of... The way he, like, smirked after, I was like, uh-oh, he might not be all good. I think he's definitely involved in the evil side of the pack. And mm -hmm. once again, I could be wrong, so I'll take <laughs> He might just be an innocent bystander. <laughs> full responsibility, but um, I think he knows more than he's admitting. Yeah. And he's testing Caleb to see how much do you do you believe in spirits. Yeah, he was protesting a little loudly about... Oh, well, I don't think if there were ghosts that they would be worth anything. And poor little Miranda's kind and, of whimpering. <laughs> <laughs> and if he didn't believe in the ghosts, why do you have a book? Yeah. Good that point. you didn't let <laughs> Caleb borrow. Yeah. And another clue that came came in that episode was Miranda looking at the picture on that was on his wall and... It was were those dead bodies on the ground? It looked like it covered in one like, was canvas raising up. Yeah. So were there five dead bodies in that picture? By the way, I thought I counted four. Four. But you guys can let us know. Yes. Log on to iTunes, uh, YouTube, rate, comment, and uh, just let us know what you guys think. I have some theories that I want to go into um, afterwards, and we. Definitely want you guys to let us know some of the answers because we're we're completely confused. <laughs> um, so we want to know if Mr. Price is involved with the dark side. 
mm-hmm. and I want to know if uh, you, any of you guys have any comments to, as far as Remy's mom, if she's involved with the pact, and is she a survivor of the pact? And now the curse has moved on to another generation, which is her daughter, because other than uh, the other than I was gonna say the original Caleb and Miranda, uh, <laughs> the current, the new Caleb and Miranda who have a history in the uh, and come from the past, we don't know about the rest of the group, how they're involved. Yeah, because they're not traveling in time. So I could see how Luke and Olivia can be involved because of their dad. Mm-hmm. Their dad had too much information, so I'm guessing the curse passed on from generation to generation to them. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, Remy's mom, after tonight's episode is involved somehow. We just don't know how. So if she was saved by the curse, did it transfer to well, her daughter? I just thought of another thing. When he said promises were paid, debts were owed, maybe this is like a little sub-pact that was made where they saved Remy's mom from a previous group of five. Mm-hmm. But now, like, the debt that they had is their daughter. I don't know if that's even possible, but that could be another theory that hmm. there's there was a trade made before. So she was supposed to do evil, or she or Remy's mom was supposed to die in a pact before, and didn't, and so now Remy is the replacement. Okay, I don't know if that's even possible, but could be could be an option, you know. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely have to wait and see for the next episode. Was there anything else that we didn't cover? Um, we talked about Miranda's new power, and it's actually called Dream Hacking. Okay. For future episodes. <laughs> Got it. Um, you know, if we miss anything, we're really sorry. We'll definitely uh, catch up on the next for the following upcoming episode. Um, do we have any news and gossip? We don't today. Sorry, guys. These people just aren't crazy enough. And we definitely <laughs> want to thank all of our viewers, our fans on Twitter that tweet us all their theories and comments. Uh, we enjoy reading every single one of them. Uh, they're really interesting. They are. Do you have any predictions? You know? Um, and now, you're after Buzz TV. I think... That my prediction is going to be that Collins is his good is going to show through shortly. We're gonna find out what he's really doing. Mm-hmm. I think that he is a protector, and the only reason he seems creepy is because he's socially awkward, kind of like Edward Scissorhands, like I've said before. <laughs> okay. He just doesn't know how to how to interact without being a creep, and also. I'm really interested to see what this whole Remy thing is. Like, I I think her mom is connected somehow, and I think that there was a trade made between them two. So I'm going to stick with those two predictions. Okay. Um, Hmm. Predictions. So tough. There's so many of them, but I I don't even know where to start. Uh, I'm going to predict that somehow... uh, Based on tonight's information that we got uh, for for the knife and how 
Olivia's mom's alibi didn't match to what she was saying uh, that she may end up in prison. I agree with that one. And I think maybe Collins is going to be the one who's going to take care of him. Oh As my she gosh. Tells, tells Tess in this episode her mom is trying to find someone to fill in if she needs to be away for a while. Do you think that the kids would move into Collins' house or Collins would go stay at their house? That much, I don't know. <laughs> because that would be creepy to live in that house. <laughs> I, I think we, we all agree. But, but they, they might, might like it. Feel safe having Miranda That's around true. And Caleb. So, that would give him an excuse to do a little more hunting. Who knows? I think that's it. Uh, you know, uh, thank you guys so much for watching. And, uh, you know, where can they find you, Sarah? On Twitter, at Sarah GGG. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RealEmmaK. And don't forget to go on to iTunes, AfterBuzzTV.com, Twitter, rate, comment, give us five stars, and also log on to EmmaCaseCloset.com with promo code AFTERBUZZ. Thank you, guys. Woo! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.